Good evening, Swamp Things, and welcome to the third annual slow motion triple feature Shocktober Spook Stravaganza. As you know, we are a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. And each month, a different friend selects a different triple feature for the other friends to enjoy and discuss. Every October, we get a little spooky with it, and this year is uh, no exception. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I am joined today by my good friend, Andrew. Uh, Kit is sitting this one out tonight, but she will be back uh, to uh, celebrate the uh, Shocktober with us. Um, but yeah, so it's just me and Andrew tonight. We're going to be discussing 1959's The Ghost of Yotsuya. So I, I did not know this movie came out in 1959. And that is, oh, yeah? that's, dude, that's crazy, I think. That's pretty impressive, yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think it's, because it's also, it's a foreign, it's Wait. a foreign, what? I want to make sure that that's right. I might have fucked that no, up. No, I looked it up. I just looked yeah, it up. Yeah, 59, okay. That's, good. that, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, ins- that is so insane to me. So, yeah. Right off the bat, the thing I want to, uh, the one of like something that struck me is this movie remind. I just watched uh, Evil Dead Two last Saturday or Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and this movie rem- reminded me of that. Like, just obviously, like Evil Dead Two is like way more insane than this, but just like as it gets into like the more horror elements of this movie, and gets kind of like. I don't know, trippy, you know, yeah. kind of ethereal and weird. Um, it reminded me a lot of Evil Dead. And, yeah, I could totally and, see that. And then, and then thinking, and then realizing that this came out in 1959 is fucking nuts. Like, what? I mean, your your knowledge of horror movies runs deeper than mine, but like, can you think of anything this violent and this? uh like straight like this consist like straight up horror from this time in the united states like were we doing anything like this well so i know we had like different censorships and things like that like this movie's like really violent like when there's a there's a uh a, a, a sequence when uh iwa the the the, the main antagonist like protagonist i don't know what he is mm-hmm. Uh, her husband basically poisons her and she breaks out in this horrible, like, uh, I don't know, pustules or something. And yeah. then she, her, like, s- scalp and hair starts coming off. And then she cuts her own throat. I mean, it's like, and it is, like, legitimately, like, unsettling. It is it is yeah. a it is a violent thing to look at. Um, so the, and the, for that to come out in 1959 is, like, it's, like, truly blowing my mind. No, I mean, and even just the look of this movie, I would have thought mid 60s, like just the colors, the, the you know, the minimum, um, minimum. I, and, I, if, but, if you told me if you told me 1975, I would be like, yep, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, but no, as far as like how it would compare to American horror of the time, like Psycho wasn't until 60. Um, but even that and, is like because isn't that like considered like the first. Like. I don't know, like big, I don't know about big, but just like, isn't that, that that's like a, a horror milestone for American cinema, wouldn't you say? Yes. Psycho is is pretty much what is, is the, uh, I mean, yeah, milestone's the right word. It's basically the turning point where horror becomes, I mean, like we watched like uh, The Uninvited and, yeah. you know, kind of the ghost. And so Psycho is kind of where it's just like it stops and then it goes into, you know, slasher. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Slasher yeah, yeah, yeah. much later, but like blood monster like that kind of crap we, we like, kind uh, of we kind of stopped i guess sort of like uh, i don't know maybe like sugarcoating things or like the uninvited is a really good example because like it's a horror movie and the ghosts are there are ghosts but like it's also kind of soft around the edges and it's it's there's no like real maybe maybe no real danger present and there's no like you know there's no I guess evil quote unquote or yeah or and now that I think about it like the turning point of psycho might actually be more that psycho obviously is not the first but probably one of the first horror movies to kind of be like like punch the audience in the stomach like yeah you know and so spoilers for psycho ahead in case you haven't caught up with that uh what 60 year old film yeah um but uh but yeah like where there's just like you know there's some gore there's some blood it's black and white but you know but like um the thing with janet lee 
being your star, your protagonist, and then bam. And just out of nowhere, there's this, you know, terrifying shower scene with, you know, all the cuts and everything, which would have been jarring for people and continues to be. Uh, but yeah, so I think that might be more the turning point. But in, in terms of like American Horror of the 50s, I don't know where I would compare this, what I would compare this to uh in terms of grisliness i think it probably would have been pretty disturbing but i think the trick with this movie is that it's it is a horror movie it's spooky it's a ghost story but it also is like i think there probably would be historical dramas that are comparable thematically uh to this movie that might have that kind of violence they might have that kind of thing but that's not to say that this movie doesn't go pretty hard, but just to say, like, I don't think that there was I don't think horror was quite this in America. Um, at least no examples are leaping to mind. But uh, but yeah, this is surprisingly. Um, uh, it's not violent in the sense it's gory, but surprisingly rough for a film. This, from this one. I think. Uh, this, go, yeah. Ghost of Yitzhak. Yeah, I, I think this movie's very gory for for a I mean, movie this not, old. I don't really remember. Like, is there like blood like when they. Yeah, dude. And stuff. Okay. Yeah, dude. There's I mostly. Bl- I mean, I mean, that. it's mostly it's mostly on the uh, like a dude's arm gets chopped off, and there's like, oh yeah, that's true. It's like a a bloody limb falls to the ground, and then he like crawls his way through like the the what is it rice paper or I don't know whatever the the paper and yeah uh, the doors yeah those doors those yeah door, those doors those doors don't do shit. <laughs> imagine um, imagine well, uh, you close that at night and you lock it and you think ah oh, we're safe. <laughs> Yeah, we're good. Uh, that ought but, to do it. But like, like, I, I, like, truly, I cannot think of. I'll even rephrase what I was, you know, my statement, which is that I can't think of a movie, any movie, not just horror, that is this violent in 1959 or earlier mm-hmm. uh, from the United States. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and I'm very bad at pulling examples. Like, I'm thinking of like, um, like I really think. And I could be wrong. Maybe there's something out there, but it just really feels to me like it's not until like the new wave um, that we really start to see like violence on this level. And like, look, it's not like it's wall to wall violence. Uh, it's not torture no. porn or anything like that. Like any t- for the most part, the violence is relegated to the second half. And um, it's really just a couple of scenes it's just very, I don't know. It's just very stylish and very surprising. The amount of, of blood and just, just grossness. It's just like gooey, like, I don't yeah. know, like, like Cronenberg esque shit to me. Um, no, and actually I think evil dead is like a perfect comparison. Like that def- yeah. totally reminds me of evil dead. Like Ab- the, absolutely uh, the ghost. Well, yeah. And so- it's like, it's like weird, you know, they use like colorful lighting and they do other things to kind of like accentuate just like how disturbing it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I don't, and I'm very desensitized. So I will, I will assume it just passed me by like the, I, like I'd forgotten about the arm thing, but like the thing that got me about this movie where I would say that it was a rough watch in, in parts. I mean, not, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was, um, I could see it being disturbing to audiences of the time. Yeah. Uh, is this stuff where like when she's drinking the poison, and her baby so it's the way that that shot is it's kind of like up it's like from an upward angle uh-huh. and you see her sipping from the bowl which you know is poisoned and then in the bottom of i kind of i guess it's kind of in the upper corner of the frame but it's it's at, at her feet kind of is her baby yes uh and so it's just like that's a really like menacing oh yeah like, that's pretty dark shit for 1959 and yeah i i don't know enough about japanese cinema of the time to compare it but like like you said in america that would have probably been pretty hard hardcore. I, I i agree and i think um you know i think along with the violence like how i think it's all kind of added to by the fact that like the the lead characters are so horrible um i mean it's a lot of like awful two awful people mostly one awful person and then like his i don't i don't know his sidekick who's also bad, but not like the yeah. main focus of the movie, but they do such heartless and ruthful, ruthless things um, to get the things that they want. Um, it's like, it sort of like just kicks it up a notch. Like the fact, like getting to this, this point. So basically you have a guy 
and t- correct me if I'm wrong, but like he he's sort of like of low standing of social standing and mm-hmm. he wants to marry this samurai's daughter. I think he's all he's also a samurai. Uh what's his name? Lemon. That's what that's like his nickname. So I thought his name was Lemon in the subtitles, but now that I think about it, I think it's like Iman. Like I E uh, So it's like a capital yeah. I. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> the, all last night I was like, man, these subtitles like, you know, because I downloaded the film, I wasn't able to find a copy. Yeah. So I was like, these subtitles are kind of fucked up. And then yeah. I was like, oh. It must be because on the Wikipedia page, it says Iman. Like, OK, that's what it know. is. I thought it was weird yeah. that that wasn't capitalized. <laughs> yeah. So I think it must be like Iman, yeah. which okay. I guess that's how you would say it. Iman. Iman. I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know. It sounds kind of like, how it sounded when she said it. It like, sounds Celtic uh, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this guy, uh, this guy with a real great haircut, um, he <laughs> he gets mad because this girl's father, he wants to marry this girl's father. And she's like. The father's like, dude, you're a loser. I don't I would never let my daughter marry you, whatever. So like yeah. he immediately just like attacks the dude. And then his friend who's with him is like helps him cover it up. And then from there, he owes this guy. So they have to kill another guy who's the brother, I think, of the of the woman he wants to marry. Uh yes, I think that that's right. I think so too. Um and I got a little confused with some of the characters. And it also it did some time jumps that kind of threw me. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, then they kill they have to kill the brother uh, for because the his friend who helped him cover up the fa- the, the, the the two murders like wants to marry. I don't know. Anyway, he he wants to. Oh, no, it's the it's a brother in law. I want to say. OK. I don't fucking know. It's hard to well, it's hard to track all this stuff. And yeah. anyway, the point is is that it's just like a series of murders that are spurred on by selfishness and um anyway, he kind of gets tired of his wife that he murdered whose father he murdered in order to to be able to freely marry her. Um so he's frustrated with being poor, he's frustrated with having a wife and a child who need things need to be taken care of um and he wants to marry a new woman from a rich family uh so he like goes he plots to kill his own wife um he poisons her and then frames another guy who was like her masseuse which was a strange right when he was so much older that i thought I that, that was weird too that that it was, was gonna be like it's like these him. these poor people are, are able to afford a masseuse or he's just doing it like because he likes it, which is super weird. But anyway, that's it's how just we do like, it in the hood, man. Yeah. He's got Lenny. Lenny comes and gives you a rub down. It's just such an ins- it's such an insane amount of just like it's a person so horrible. They are. It's hard to actually believe they exist. Yeah. Um, and I think the actor does well. And I think like I, I like this movie overall. Um, but yeah, anyway, all that to say, it's just like it gets to this point where she takes this poison that gives her like horrible horrible boils and then causes her to die and and then that's where her her ghost is marred with that yeah disfigurement yeah yep and so you like watch him poison her and he just is so cold about it and he's like he's like telling her how like oh next like he's like talking about future plans with her as he's poisoning her um so, yeah, it's just a very brutal movie. And um, real quick, I was going to say the uh, I figured out why there's, you know, nothing as violent as this uh, in 1959 in the United States. And it's because the Hayes yeah. Code. Uh, oh, 19, yeah. 1934 to 1968. It had to be um, more under the. I think so. I think that's probably part of it. I mean, I just don't think Hollywood. I think Hollywood was just a lot more prude at this time. Um, yeah, we just we just weren't well, making things and you couldn't really make, you know, super, you know, widely seen movies with a decent production value, I think, outside of the Hollywood system at that time. I think that there was violence in the 50s, I think. But you would see it in Westerns and you would see it in like maybe the more actiony kind of stuff. You wouldn't see. Yeah, it, you wouldn't see the kind of sadism in horror until the 60s. Yeah. So something like that. However, while you were talking. One movie kept springing to mind, which is not from the time period at all. But now that I've thought about it, I think this is I, I, so I liked the movie uh, pretty well. Um, it, I found it to be a little bit of a snoozer toward the beginning, but it definitely picks up in the final third. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I liked a lot about the movie visually. 
But I think the most interesting thing I'm going to have to say during this episode is this is, uh, so 40 years after this movie, I think there was an American equivalent. And Whoa. What, what would you guess? So 1999, I think is when it came out. Maybe it was 2000. American is a key. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say it instead of having you guess. But American Psycho. Um, as you were talking, how there's this guy, and granted, Patrick Bateman is not low status in in that, but it's basically he's he's in this kind of upper crust thing, and he's just like slashing and murdering, and and you know yeah. Lemon, whatever his name is, Le- Lemon is not as just insanely sadistic, and the movie is nowhere near as violent or whatever. But just in terms of like part of what's disturbing about American Psycho is that he just like he's just he. So like when you watch old uh, or when you watch like Japanese period pieces, everything is extremely like mannered. And there's just these very there's a clear like social structure and order. And, you know, I think probably for audiences in Japan watching the movies, they're much more aware of like what the, you know, the taboos thing, uh, taboo thing to do would be or, you know, but it's I think that that's just something at least about Japanese culture of the time with this this period would be like manners and you don't you know you don't violate the social norms and that kind of a thing yeah and so it's like here that's part of what's jarring about this movie is like you said like the scene at the beginning where they're kind of to the side of the swamp and it's it's kind of staged like a play because i guess this is based on a play um but where he goes and he approaches the guy he's like i want to marry your daughter and he's like no are you kidding me like you have no status you're just like you're worthless there's no way i would ever do that and then the guy just like starts killing people and it's like whoa like uh, so that, I don't know. I think that American Psycho is at least similar where there's just like, like the 80s upper class kind of America where there's all of these like, man, like, you know, like where they're comparing business cards. It's like, sure. that's like that's so loaded and meaningful to the characters. And then you've got this guy like, you know, going home and cutting up hookers with chainsaws type of thing. It's like that. Yeah. He's like the Patrick Bateman of, you know, feudal Japan or whatever. Um, I could, I I maybe can, it's a stretch, I, but I can see it. I can see yeah. it for sure. Um, and I think kind of like, you know, that the final moments of this movie do kind of, you know, I think American Psycho does mirror that just like the, obviously things work out differently for Patrick Bateman than do for this character, but, um, you know, just the kind of like the paranoia and the, I don't know how to describe it the well, sort the, of... the hallucinations almost i mean yes exactly yeah. exactly yeah so it's sort of like you don't know you're sort of you're sort of unsure what's real and what isn't and um you know what space the character is actually inhabiting um so yeah i can i can totally see it i think that's yeah i i, I actually do really wonder if um if uh oh gosh what's her name mary uh, heron yeah mary Her is it yeah Heron? i think it so is. yeah it is mary heron i wonder if she uh if she was actually uh thinking about this movie when she directed american psycho that is very, very kind of cool i would feel extremely uh film smart if i yeah. if i made a connection that was actually because i that was actually accurate because i kind of wonder because it i i don't know if i think date well, who's, who's who wrote it dave eggers no no, Brett Easton Ellis. Brett Easton Ellis. Gosh, Dave Eggers. Wrong. Yeah. Way off. Um, yeah, Dave Eggers. <laughs> I would, <laughs> that would, I would be love cool. to see the Dave Eggers <laughs> yeah, version of too. American Psycho. Yeah. Uh, yes, Brett Easton Ellis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I think it, there's something. I don't know if I feel like I see that as much in the. Like, I feel like I see it more in, like, the directing of the movie. Yeah. Than I do in, like, the actual, like, story. Um, but anyway, yes. yeah, I, I think I think you're onto something. Um, so I'll, we should try to get Mary Heron on the episode and on the next episode for like a few minutes just to kind of talk through yeah. and see if she's. I mean, um, has she done anything lately? I haven't heard anything about her in forever. Mm, I know we could get her. You think so? Yeah, I mean, we're one of the most popular film podcasts out there. So that's true. Uh, not a lot. <laughs> oh, she just directed. Uh... Oh God, she just directed a movie about uh, uh, Salvador Dali, starring uh, Ben Kingsley and Ezra Miller. Um, okay, which is funny because every you know he's like persona non grata now. Um, and I, Ezra I keep Miller see- is. Yeah, I keep seeing yeah. all these 
all these headlines about like Dolly Land uh, director praises Ezra Miller. Uh, Dolly Land yeah. director says Ezra Miller was very well behaved on the set, and I had no idea it was her. Uh, so that's very <laughs> funny. Uh, but yeah, she hasn't really done that much. She's just done that, and then a bunch of TV. Like, yeah, a lot of TV, and a bunch of stuff I don't. I actually own I shot Recognize. Andy Warhol. I got the DVD for like a dollar, but I have not ever watched it. Um, I've never even heard of it. I've heard that that was good. It's got a uh, Lily Taylor, Lily? Jerry, Jared yeah, Harris, Lily. Martha Plimpton. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ghost of Yatsua. Um, yes. We could talk about the visuals a little bit more. Um, the entire thing is, I think, definitely filmed on a, you know, a stage. Um, and I thought yeah. I thought it looked stunning i would love to see like a, a criterion release you know i'd love to see like a, a a 4k restoration or something of this movie and i'm yeah I'm, I'm honestly like had you heard of this before no this is one when kit was talking she said it was either between this or i think it was another movie by the same director but i can't remember never i'm curious i'm curious about uh other movies by this person because i had never yeah. i'd never heard of this I honestly thought because it's, you know, because it's Kit and she's a big baby, um, I really <laughs> thought. And up until uh, this movie got really violent, I was not expecting it to get that way. And it was kind of, so it's kind of a shock because, you know, it, the movie starts out with violence, but it's 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 pretty sterile. Like there's not really any blood until, you know, two thirds of the way through um so it's very shocking also very fun uh i just looked this up and uh the 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 version that we saw is the at least the second iteration of it so there was a another ghost of yatsu another adaptation of the play that came out in 1949 okay um which is interesting. I'm trying to see. I'm sorry. I'm like learning about. Oh, that's good. I'm just going to. I was actually going to say. Um, we should watch. There's a movie he directed the year after this. The same the same guy uh, called Jigoku. And I only just saw it through the Wikipedia of Ghost of Yotsuba. But it says it sounds like it's probably even more of what we liked about this one. It's called yeah. uh, also titled The Sinners of Hell. It's a 1960 Japanese horror film. Uh, directed by Nobuo Nakagawa. Um, it is notable for separating itself from other Japanese horror films of the area, such as uh, of the era, such as Quiet and Onibaba, due to its graphic imagery of torment in hell. It has gained a cult film status. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. kind of cool to me. Yeah, we should watch that. Uh, that yeah. sounds great. Um, yeah, I should say that uh, most of this is filmed on a stage. I think everything is like really is lit very well, and it's it is it is very theatrical, like a like a stage play. Yeah, um, still feels cinematic at the same time. Um, oh, that I love the the opening shot. Um, so, as I said earlier, they're they're kind of you know it's all one shot. I think um, it's like a profile shot of them kind of walking along a a rampart or something, and. Uh, as he's like asking the father if he can marry his daughter and he's like, no, fuck off. You're a loser, uh, which he totally fucking is. Um, but <laughs> like it's the camera is just kind of tracking them. And then as soon as that switch happens, when it goes from, you know, nonviolent to violent, the camera like pulls back in the opposite direction. The music changes and uh, it pulls back and tilts to keep tracking them. But it's like, it's, it's, it's to me this is such a, a movie that is so where the camera is so important oftentimes in older movies there is a feeling of like the camera's sort of like trapped you know it's kind of locked off and it's unable to do anything mm -hmm. um if that makes any sense and i think yeah. the camera does a good job of having like the, you know they have, they do a good job of you know having all the sh like the, the the camera have real personality and have um you know real meaning and uh and you know accentuate the action um yeah i don't know that that opening shot i think is a very good indicator of of everything else to come because it's just like it's so jarring and and, and is sort of violent too you know like it's not like a, a gory violence but just like it, it 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 is perfectly timed with uh you know his katana strike and um 
Yeah, no, honestly, I know I'm kind of rambling now, but I was thinking, as, as I said, perfectly timed. I was thinking about uh, later in the movie, there's this, re- my favorite part of the movie is when he kills his partner, uh, Naosuke, I think is his name. I don't know. Uh, I, d- I have no idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, yeah, he, Naosuke, yeah. Or it looks cool. like N-A-O. So he, he finally loses, yeah, Naosuke, that's what it is. And so when he, when he loses his patience and uh, kills this dude, um it it they match cut like it's sort of to where the bodies of his wife and the guy he framed as his wife's murderer which is mm-hmm. weird which is weird that he f- or no he as an adulterer so he, basically the law states he wasn't framing him for murder he was framing him for adultery so right. the law because states he can kill his wife uh and I, and I guess the guy, if they were cheating, if they yes. were adultery. Uh, yeah. yeah. Whatever so it, it, it cuts to, it's sort of like a, they basically what they, which this is super violent too. I totally forgot about this. So after these two people are dead, they fucking nail them to either side of a door and then throw them into the river. Like yeah. two feet into the river. Like they don't yeah. even try to hide the bodies. Uh, it's fucking bizarre. So, but so when he slashes the guy, the sh- the scene hard cuts to that river's edge so they're inside you know like a temple or something where they've been hiding out and it hard cuts to this river's edge and then back but the camera is in the exact same position if that makes sense so the camera is looking into this room where he kills the guy it's a wide shot and when it cuts to the river's edge the camera's in the same spot like it's the same exact angle. He's we're the same distance from Lemon or Iman. Um, we're at the same angle. So it looks as if we've moved in space, but or like we we're maybe we're inside the character's mind. Maybe that's maybe that's the point. I don't know. But it's such a good match that it doesn't feel like a jump cut because the character doesn't move and the camera does not move. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I I think about the reason I I think this is interesting is there somebody told me something about like Japanese photographers about the way versus like American photographers is that you know American photographers especially with like digital photography we'll just put our finger on the you know on the shutter and take five hundred photos whereas Japanese photographers are and then we'll pull out you know the perfect shots whereas a japanese photographer will take a tenth of that and because they spend so much time just like adjusting things before hitting the button and i don't necessarily think one is you know better than the other but i think it's it's interesting because there is such precision in those two shots and i mean it's like 12 frames that that shot pops up on the screen i was gonna say i was trying to find it while you were talking it, it'll you're gonna have to like find where he kills him and just like watch it because it's it's yeah. it's it's almost a blink and you'll miss it shot um but i think it's awesome and i think you would have to i don't know how you would do it i guess you'd have to like you'd have to you'd have to have detailed notes on how high up you have the camera like and what what the you know degree angle is and then um You'd have to know how far the guy was from the camera. You'd have it. You'd have to have him, you know, his sort of blocking be the exact same, and you'd have to run through the action at like the same, the same pace in the exact same way. So it's like I don't know if they like shot one and then printed it and then just had it up for reference, like they were just like looking at the film cells and being like, okay, now move slightly to the right, move slightly to the left. Um, anyway, it's just a very cool, like, edit. It's a very cool, like, in-camera sort of thing, um, that you just wouldn't, I don't think you would see something like that today, and if you did, it would be, you know, digitally created in some way. Um, so I, it's just, it's a very, it's a very, very cool moment. Um, yeah, and then, like, um, you know, there were so many, so the movie is, like, more of like a i don't know like a a sadistic crime thriller i think up until we start seeing ghosts Mm -hmm. um and 
I think once you start seeing ghosts, you we we kind of start going into like the main character sort of starts to lose their mind. Um and this is one of the things that made me feel very evil dead about it is it's not like I feel like the the edited sequences become less it's less about creating like you know, followable action and more about just juxtaposing like extreme images. Um, if that makes sense, like we're not necessarily in real space anymore. Um, and I thought that was a really, I thought that's, that's one of the things that made it like even more disturbing mm -hmm. is, you know, you're starting your movie off with the mur with just cold blooded murder um, and we're seeing that throughout the first, you know, the half first half of the movie. So it's already like kind of hard to watch. And then the ramping it up, I think, by kind of going into the character's insanity, a person who is already like we would definitely describe as disturbed and disconnected from like any sort of empathy uh, or humanity, maybe. Um I don't know, to like go into their mind like that and have something so, I don't know. It's like, it's, it. you know what else it reminded me of? It reminded me of um, some of the like really, really stylized um, Mishima footage. Oh yeah, uh, I could see Life that. in Four Chapters. So that was another thing is I was kind of wondering like, is, you know, did, was Paul Schrader aware of this movie? Just like... Some of the stuff in, in, in Mishima is definitely shot on a stage and there's just a lot of like, there's a lot of color and um, there was like moments where we would see like, there was a really, really beautiful shot where Iman goes and sees the girl he wants to marry in place of his wife and like the, the sun, which is definitely not the actual sun, uh, is like shining through and it's like this blood red sun. Um you know, ripe with meaning. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It just, it reminded me a lot of Mishima. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think this movie is, you know, I think it's really, really rich and colorful. And, um, I'm still just absolutely floored that it came out in 1959. Uh, and it's short. It's a hundred, uh, one hour and 16 minutes. Yeah. Uh, which is, which pretty is cool. I think that's super rad. Um, honestly, I I probably could. I think if this movie was made today, uh, I think it would be a little bit longer. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I feel like yeah. I I would have probably liked to kind of like dwell in it a little bit more. Um, just let things kind of like let some tension build up. Not that I'm complaining. I mean, I thought it was uh, pretty good as is, but I just I think I think if I were to change one thing, like give me five to ten minutes of total runtime more to just kind of like let things affect me a bit uh if that just some breath yeah. um so that's that's really my only critique and it's like an extreme nitpick um although i do kind of agree that like the front half is maybe a little bit more boring i don't think i was bored at any point but I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, but I do think like the last half to, you know, 25, 30 minutes is like in a whole nother, you know, ball game than the first, yeah. the first half of the movie. Yeah, no. And it's, it's fine for a movie to be a slow burn. So, you know, it wasn't really a complaint like this needed to be fixed or anything. It was more just kind of, when we sat down to watch this, I didn't know anything about it. And I still, I really am curious. I want to know where Kit heard about this. Uh, like me too. Watching something on YouTube. Or this what, is not but... very, this is not a very Kit movie to me. Um, yeah. So I, although I, she's a big, uh, wait, weeaboo. What do you Japanese? She's you a weeaboo. Called? Yeah. She's weeaboo, a weeaboo. Weeaboo. weeaboo yeah. Or, um, Oh gosh. What's the, uh, Otaku? Otaku? Is that yeah, it? I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think her and Lee are just slowly making their way from Chicago to Japan. <laughs> I agree. Um, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no. So it's like, I'm fine with it being a slow burn, but it's when I sat down to watch it knowing nothing and you know, you get about 30 minutes in, it's kind of like, Oh, 
you know, and like, you know, lately I've been very, very tired. Yeah. Uh, so it was a little bit like, yeah, this could pick it up a little, but with the last, you know, maybe what, probably 20, 25 minutes, um, no complaints, you know, it was, it, you know, not every movie has to be, uh, uh, what's a Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, of course, kind of thing, so. of course, so, um, I mean, I would prefer that, but you know, it doesn't have to be. There were two, there are two things that, uh, I wanted to, I want that I, uh, I wanted to bring up just like, just to give like people a sense of like how fucking awful the main character is. Uh, okay. The first I kind of talked about before, which was there's like a fireworks show at, from a nearby town that they can see from their house. And the dude is like, when he's poisoning his wife, he's like, I'll take you to see the fireworks next year. And then like, as she's drinking the poison, he like steps outside and just is like enjoying the show, uh, <laughs> which I thought was nuts. And yeah. then like um, a few minutes earlier in the movie, basically they're very impoverished and she's, she, her health is declining already. And, um, and she's like lying and they're lying in bed together. He's facing away from her. It's apparently like a very hot night and she's talking about how she's getting sicker and sicker. And as she's doing that, uh, she's fanning him. <laughs> so he's he's just laying there enjoying, like, you know, <laughs> primitive AC while, yeah. <laughs> while his wife is basically describing her, you know, demise into unhealthiness. Uh, so I thought that was just, like, so fucking insane to look at. Uh, yeah. Just so cruel. Um so it is sort of like enjoyable when, you know, watching him kind of lose his mind and then, you know, ultimately uh, get his comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to say. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, like like I said before we recorded, I can't actually remember if I said this since we started recording. Um, I didn't take notes and I really didn't have a ton to say about it. Uh, but no, I think the only thing maybe we haven't touched on just uh I, I know a lot of japanese films of the 50s and 60s do the thing with the gels where you know it's something is cast and kind of like a like a really like a blue light or an orange light or sure yeah something like that and uh a lot of times it's really pretty but yeah like in this they really use it to really good effect with uh yes i agree kind of the lady with the you know the mm -hmm. boil or whatever the thing on her face and uh, yeah, it was just some pretty spooky stuff, like some some images that I think you could pull from this that would really yeah get people interested in the movie. I mean, yeah, it like got modern, modern audiences. It it definitely got me uh, a, a couple times. I mean, I don't think anything in this movie was like, you know, by modern standards, like super super hard to watch. You know, when the guy gets his arm no. lopped off, it's like, well, that's a very obviously a fake arm, and it doesn't even look like it fits the guy's body. I'm more shocked that I'm seeing a, a person being dismembered uh, right. in a movie this old. Um, but there is like a moment where we see the ghost and she's like on the ceiling, um, which is like, a, a, to me, a more modern, like, like a something you or... or, or like even like earlier J horror. Like it reminds me of like the grudge or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. know, where it's like the, the ghost Actually... is, is almost like, um, you know, not quite, you know, sort of like animalistic or more of a monster than like a, you know, a non-corporeal human. So on that note, this is just kind of a random aside, I guess, but I just um, watched uh, Jean Cocteau. It wasn't like a feature film. It was like 50 minutes long. It's called uh -huh. Blood of a Poet. Have you ever yeah. seen that? No, you have? haven't. Nope. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I watched it on Criterion Channel the other day and uh, it had a thing like that where I can't remember exactly what happened. But it's like there's a lot of stuff where this guy it's kind of like he's I think he's moving through like a dream. And so they've done the thing where like the room is built sideways and the camera's up here and then they move it. So he's like he's like kind of crawling along the wall like like yeah. there's no gravity or something. So yeah. they did that. And there was one part where like a lady. Gosh, what was it? I might be confusing with the conjury now, but basically a lady like shoots up into the corner and like like flashes and like makes this like scary face at him or something and i was like that's straight out of the conjuring um so yeah that's also in this like to, you know and i think actually that might also have an evil dead <laughs> but i wonder this uh, movie must be just like 
way more influential than and well and the cocteau thing would have come before this that was i think 1930 yeah or something like that but yes i know i think you're right i think this i bet i bet something like this played on tv or played in college yeah like circuits like back when people like when Raimi and you know whoever would have been you know going to the the quad to watch i don't know you know how people used to have fun at college and go see old <laughs> yeah but, i um, i genuinely do think it's like a shame that like more like i would consider like, you're a huge horror fan i'm a yeah. pr- i'm i'm a big horror fan i think you're like like the number one horror fan is you and to, to me so I, I i just think it's i think it's so weird that we have not heard of this movie yeah no and and i i stick very much to english language films so i'm pretty bad about is it because you're illiterate i i don't like to i mean i first of all i just i like america i'll tolerate england but i like i like you know i like regional american films like i you know and i like hollywood films and stuff and it's like you know i know that they make good movies in other countries but i don't usually care um that's so cool dude and I just don't like foreign films. I just, I feel I've never like, been. Yeah. I feel like you, sh- I feel like this is why you don't get to argue about like how bad movies are. It's yeah. because there yeah. are like hundreds, there are like thousands and thousands of movies that come out all the time in other right. places that are still good and interesting and also, you know, aren't taking money from China. Sure. See, I disagree though. I think I still get to complain about modern films. Okay. But like, and and I don't complain about old films. I say I love old films. Like you know, yeah. I and I'm, I'm not saying I I'm not saying the Japanese movies are bad. But like Steve, my friend Steve, for example, he's very into like Kurosawa and Ozu, and sure. like he just he talks about these like great Japanese filmmakers, and and I mean other too. I mean like other countries uh, throughout Asia, and then I think that's about it. I don't know if he's he's not necessarily like a European foreign language guy but he's more wor- he's more worldly with his cinema than you are absolutely and yeah. so and it's like i i kind of like i am aware that it's like a shortcoming <laughs> or like a blind spot uh but i just don't like i don't get as into these movies as people yeah like as steve does or as people you see online like people talk about you know japanese cinema in particular as it is the pinnacle like like mid-century japanese cinema is the best film ever you know that anybody ever made and i'm like eh, like you know it doesn't really resonate with me for whatever reason yeah um, well I however think yes, this is go ahead oh go ahead oh i was gonna say this is an example of why i should still like you know that's kind of still like that's me from high school talking you know like mm-hmm. when i was in high school it's like well why do i need to watch japanese movies i've got you know 70 years of american films to dig through and now i'm kind of at the bottom of the barrel where it's like you know, I probably should be branching out and I should probably be, you know, expose, you know, uh, not exposing what a, uh, like, uh, expanding my tastes, uh, more and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I watch some foreign films. I just, you know, it's, they're so boring. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I think that is true. I think there are, <laughs> I think, I think you get more like kind of boring dramas rather than yeah. like, like big spectacle things because they can't right. afford it so i think you just get more like human dramas or whatever anyway yeah um but that i also said, think go ahead I, I i would say so the countries that impress me most uh at least historically with their films other uh-huh. than the united states so obviously england's got a lot of winners but uh the italian film industry was yes. fucking nuts for a long time yes they suck now but they were incredible oh. and then i do think i do think japan there's a lot of you know a lot of gold in there and, I don't, and Hong Kong, which, you know, there's yeah. a lot of good stuff from there that I haven't gotten to. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I did, speaking of Italian cinema, I did recently watch the first two movies in the Man With No, Ma- no Name series. And oh, yeah. Two of the best movies, like, specifically for a few dollars more. One of just... Which is the second one? Yes. Yes, okay. And, and for anybody out there, you don't have to watch them in order. Like, Clint Eastwood doesn't... Te- they call him the man with no name, partially because he plays a different character in every movie, um, who happens to act the same and dress the same, but just has a different name. Uh, yeah. But like the yeah, they've got they were they have a bunch of other actors who play like different roles in the different in in each movie. The second movie, 
for a few dollars more is one of the best fucking movies I've ever seen. So yeah, Ital- Italian cinema, very good. Um, and at, at that, at this time too, is, uh, they're doing a lot of interesting things. Um, yeah. anyway, is any good Italian horror from the, uh, Oh, there's a great one. Uh, cemetery or not from the sixties, but have you seen cemetery man with Rupert Everett? Yeah, I saw that. That was, uh, yeah. Like from the eighties, right? Uh, yeah. Something like that. That's a 80s, good one. 90s. That's a weird fucking movie yeah that was one that i rented back in college uh it's really gory right yeah it's violent and very trippy okay. it's kind of kind of like this kind of like evil dead yeah too also um i but... watched uh this is we're a little off topic now but i've been doing my shocktober i'm trying to i'm trying to watch one every night but you know sometimes yeah. i have to tend to my child but yeah um but uh i watched dead alive uh, a couple nights ago for the first time in like probably 15 or 20 years how was it and you know, that movie fucking holds up. Really? <laughs> like, that's great. It's so good. It's like, and I mean, you talk about like inventive camera work and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that oh, movie, yeah. like, it's funny because I remember in high school, it was, I don't even know why I watched. Oh, I probably, I watched it because Peter Jackson. And I, when I was in high school, the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out. Yep. Um, And I was also like, I was a fan of horror films. And so I guess it just made sense for me to rent that. Um, But yeah, it's like, it became a thing with me and my friends, like, we it was I don't know it was a movie that we all enjoyed it was a movie that I watched with I think I think I watched it with both of the girls that I was like interested in in high school sort of like a test sort of like a joke um but I don't know that I had rewatched it since high school maybe college and so yeah watching it again like the other night it was like it really really holds up it's it's almost the exact same movie now as it was to me then like that's very cool that's very yeah I've been wondering about that one it's good. And I'm, I keep waiting for like, cause the Blu-ray is out of print. And so I keep waiting for like, like a new edition that I can pick up. And I was like, I have my old DVD and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch this. And, I bet he'll uh, put it, it out great. eventually. <laughs> I, um, I, th- I have to think so, but Peter Jackson is apparently just sitting on it. Wait. So, so. so let's, uh, so we only have a few minutes left. So I think we should, yeah. I think we should shift out of the movie and let's talk about Shocktober. Let's talk about okay. some of the horror movies we're watching. Um, sure. Dead Alive is one for you. Evil Dead 2 is one for me. Um, Barbarian. We both saw that. Yes. And so I was actually going to say Lee, I don't believe, has seen it yet. Okay. So the man I, in the booth. Yes, the man in the booth who makes it sound great. <laughs> but go ahead. But I would say I don't want to go too far. I don't want to go into an in-depth discussion. But I, for yeah. anybody listening, we recommend the film. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I do want to say a couple things about it. Um, sure. So the trailer gave me a very not mo- like a, a different impression, I would say. Um, so. Yeah, so this movie is interesting. It's 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 preying on a very, I think, modern fear, which is the Airbnb horror movie. <laughs> yeah. And I've only seen two movies so far that have used Airbnb as like a jumping off point to what like was the other one. Uh, it's a movie directed by Dave Franco called The hmm. Rental. Your favorite Franco. Honestly, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you love Dave Franco. <laughs> famously, I love Dave Franco. I'm actually yeah. wearing a Dave Franco T-shirt right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, Allison Breeze in it and Dan Stevens, I want to say. It's good. It's a good. Okay. It's like it's kind of like a sort of the strangers sort of thing um okay. uh yeah you should see it it's 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 a it's a good movie um okay. but i barbarian is like takes the cake i mean this movie's i think pretty fucking nuts um and it it's broken into two halves and <laughs> the first half ugh, they're both very scary but i when the movie like basically like ends and then becomes like like goes into the second half and it's like Uh that shift is so fucking awesome (laughs) like we we move to a whole new character we're introduced to a whole new character it's justin long and god we've 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 missed him folks we've missed justin long he's so fucking good in this movie (laughs) um he's a horrible it's he's a horrible horrible dude uh and very very funny it's just like the movie is not a comedy at all until this point and usually i think it's very very hard like if you're if you're gonna make a, you can make a horror comedy like we know that sam raimi basically invented it yeah. um and but to be like a straight up horror movie and then 
become a comedy and then go back into being a horror movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> there are things that I want to, we can talk about offline, but uh, there are things that are so almost absurdly comedic in the second half that you would not think would or could work that do. Um, <laughs> and it's, yeah, anyway, it's very, it's very good. It scared the shit out of me uh, a couple of times. And uh, I think all the actors are great. And it's also directed by one of the whitest kids, you know, uh, comedy troupe, which is shocking to me. Like, yeah. truly, I had no idea this dude had it in him. Uh, well, but I think he's married to Sarah Paxton. Uh, do you know who Sarah Paxton is? Yeah, is? I didn't know that yeah. he was. I didn't know. He's Zach married her, and apparently she's one of the ladies. So oh. I think uh, if I looked <laughs> at the credits correctly, I might have been. Maybe she's like in a different part of the movie, but um that's fucking but nuts. i thought that was crazy i and yeah. i love her i think she's like yeah. gorgeous and she's uh, a lot of good stuff um yeah. but uh great movie uh, so what i was gonna say so the, i i went in i hadn't even seen the trailer but steve was gonna be in town on a saturday he had to uh anyways he was gonna be in town he he lives a little ways away and we usually try to see a movie so i like arranged with sarah i was like can you watch victor i'll go see a movie not really i was like um you know i'm not sure what's out but we'll just go see something and so i was listening to um it's all the colors of the dark which is like a horror film podcast mm -hmm. and um elric who is on it he said he they were talking about they're like you just you got to see this one it's really really good and his, his what he what his hook was um it's about a lady who shows up to an airbnb that she has reserved it's like the middle of the night it's raining um and there's already somebody there so it's been double booked and the guy is just it's hard to get a read on him he's a little creepy but he's he's really he's trying hard you know to be accommodating and, and kind to her um and so they work it out and that they decide that they're gonna stay there yeah uh, uh they're both gonna stay there and then she'll figure out some other place to go the next day because you know they've got double booked it happens whatever uh and then they you know she he sleeps on the couch she sleeps in the bedroom he said, so this is how he sets up. And he's like, and then in the middle of the night when they're both asleep, a door opens up in the house. And he's like, that's all he said. And I was just like, I was listening to it. And I was just like, I, I really want to see that movie, especially knowing that it's also coming with like a high recommendation. But I was like, that's such a good hook. It but is. That's also not even, I mean, like you said, there's, I, there's just so many turns in the movie. And so yeah. that's not even, I mean, maybe a quarter of the way into the movie is, yes. is where that goes. Yes. And, uh, and and the other thing, so then they actually on that same show interviewed the director after it had come out. And I think either he said it, I think he said it. I think he said that he told his uh, DP that he wanted it to be uh, David Fincher when they're on the top floor. And then when they're in the basement, Sam Raimi. And I was like, that is the perfect, that is so like, perfect. That's the perfect dynamic of this. Movie. Yes. Yes. Um, You're and it totally works. right. Like it just, it's so fun to see a movie that like, like I've got quibbles with the end of the film. It's sure. not like a perfect film or whatever. No. It's like, man, I had so much fun with this. Oh, movie. it's like, yeah. It's, it's great. Really, it's great. Really yeah. Um, I know, I know we're running out of time here, but I just wanted to quickly run through like any, um, I'll just kind of go through some of the other movies that I've got on yeah, my list. You've been watching. Uh, I saw Pearl, which is the prequel to X. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that like there, you didn't see X, did you? I did. I didn't care for X. I thought it yeah. was okay, but I, I was mostly not so hot on it. That's, I'm a, so I like X, but I, mm -hmm. I, fair, fair's fair. I don't have any, pro, like X is a much more unfocused movie. Uh, this movie was written as like an exercise to, for the director and also for Mia Goth, who plays uh, the lead in, or one of the leads in X, to oh. understand, um, uh, or actually she plays a couple of characters in X, um, for her to understand one of the characters she's playing, they wrote, they co-wrote a prequel script. Um, X is the appetizer. This movie's the main course, in my opinion. And okay. I don't even think you need to see X to at all. Like, it doesn't really matter. Um, Pearl is so good. <laughs> Pearl is awesome. It's so yeah. weird. It's like it very Technicolor- wizard of ozzy in a way but not like i would think this movie was much more like throwbacky if it wasn't for mia goth her performance is so it's so emotional and and unhinged obviously she's a you know a killer in the movie um 
And then all the other characters, most of the other characters are playing playing things a little bit more straight. There's it's just it's it's this perfect mixture of like unsettling performance with you know very like normal feeling you know people uh set to this you know you know 1940s or 50s music i don't know it's it it's it it just works in a it does not feel like an old movie to me um like it feels i guess like we're inside the character's perspective and they're kind of seeing life as an old movie but okay. they also take place in the same period. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, yeah, kind of. I, I, I think Ty West, a lot of his like, House of the Devil certainly feels like a '70s horror movie, '70s or '80s. Um, X is definitely aping uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so he definitely falls into, you know, he's sort of like, uh, paying homage to to other movies in his in his movies and i think that i think he's good at it sometimes i think i think a lot i think most of his movies he doesn't stick the landing um so i think and i think i think one of his shortcomings is that he kind of leans on other people's voices versus having an original voice and i think that would be true of this movie if it wasn't for mia goth i think mia see i had no idea she was such a good actress and yeah. like X didn't really reveal that to me. I didn't think she was like bad in it or anything, but like I, and I liked X. I just, you know, it wasn't, I, I didn't come away thinking, holy shit, Mia Goth is an incredible actress, but like watching this movie and reading like what people are saying about Mia Goth in it, it's just like, there's your best actress <laughs> Oscar yeah. for this year. Yeah. So anyway, Pearl, highly yeah, recommend I'm hoping to get to it. I don't know if I'll get to see it in theaters, but I already have the DVD on hold at the library. So if it doesn't come in or if, cool. I, if I don't get to see it, uh, then I'll, it'll, I think it comes out on DVD pretty quickly anyways, but yeah. So, and then but, I think there's uh, going to be a third in the series. Um, so yeah, okay. I do, but I do highly recommend it. Other than that, um, I'm doing a lot of rewatching. Um, I've got fright night, the original on 4k. I've nice. got, um, the howling dog soldiers, uh, audition um oh child's play which i've never seen i've never seen any of the child's play movies all the way through so yeah i'm gonna watch the first one and if i like it i'll watch it again i like the first and the second i actually i think i actually like the second better than the first but like okay it's pretty different but but the first one's fun it's a good one so i'll check it out and if i like it i'll maybe i'll continue with the series uh and then oh i started one is like so so the fourth one is just not very good but it's fun okay anyways uh, what were you saying what were you saying Oh, there's a movie on Hulu right now, which I recommend, uh, which really upset me. It's called Fresh. Uh, it stars Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan. It's about a guy who uh, keeps women, uh, holds them captive and slowly removes pieces of them to sell on a like uh, a human meat uh, black market. Yeah. It's... And it's not like there hasn't been any like there's not it's not like a super gory movie. Yeah. But it's really fucked up. Um, so that anyway. Sounds, yeah. Sounds creepy. It's on Hulu. It's free if you've got Hulu. Uh, okay. But I recommend it. I think you should, I think I think you'd like it. Uh, OK. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I, I actually have not finished it yet. I actually uh, I started watching it last night and then I tur- I was so upset <laughs> that I turned yeah. it off. So I will I will finish it, though. Uh, it is good. Um before we go, do you have what's your list like? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I have been watching. Uh, actually, one other quick thing. So one thing I want to add about Barbarian. Sure. Uh, and I don't want again, I don't want to get into spoilers, but. Uh, actually, no, fuck it. We'll talk about that when we're off. That way I can spoil it. I can just talk about it with you. But it's something I wanted to say about it. Uh, but no, for Shocktober, I have been watching. I'm trying to work my way through the halloween friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street franchises in chronological holy order. shit yeah now so, but are... like in the order they came out in theaters so not, i'm not like i'm not watching halloween and then friday the 13th and then nightmare i'm watching halloween friday halloween 2 friday oh, two. Actually, friday two came out interesting so, like, so you're watching yeah. all three franchises at once yes now, are you going to watch all of them? Are you going to watch like the yeah. uh, including like well, the remakes and the reboots and all that shit? 
basically up to I, mean, I am gonna watch the Rob Zombie two Halloweens, but I'm not gonna watch the like Michael Bay produced like the Platinum Dunes like Friday uh, or uh, I think Friday the Thirteenth Friday Nightmare. Didn't they they do did, yeah, yeah, they did them two. both. Yeah, yeah. So I probably will not watch those. But like, I've got the box sets that has like Friday cool. the Thirteenth all the way up through. Uh, Goes to hell or takes Manhattan. Is it Jason X or wait? Jason X is. I think Jason X is in it. I can't remember if Freddy versus Jason is in that box set or not. But then I've got the Nightmare on Elm Street set that goes up through all of them. I think that's and cool. I've got the the Halloween set that goes all the way up through the Rob Zombie too. So it, it doesn't include the David Gordon Green ones. But I don't um, love the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but um, I do. I would like to watch the first one again, and I'd like to watch New Nightmare again. That's which like, one's new nightmare is that the fourth one i think that's isn't that the one or maybe it's dream warrior i don't know it's the one where um it's like right before he made scream he made this movie yeah. it's like it's like the the horror meta commentary i think i've seen that one i think we watched that when we were in huntington beach yeah uh, or at least I, I remember cody was there i don't remember if if you it, were with us oh i'm surprised you haven't seen it uh or if you or if you or I've, that you don't remember it uh, so that's the reason i'm watching some of the franchises i haven't seen a lot of the like the the a handful of the last few Halloweens and a handful of the last few nightmares. So cool. I've only, and actually of nightmare I've only ever seen the first nightmare and then I think new nightmare or whatever that one was where it's Interesting. Like, kind of like postmodern or whatever. Well, you've been sleeping on it, man. Yeah, and so I was like, hey, what better time? And I don't know if I'll get to them all in October, but it's been something I've been wanting to do for a while, anyways. But so I watched uh, I watched Halloween, but I watched the extended TV cut, um, which I'd never seen before. Oh, it just adds a little bit of footage that I think kind I of have makes, seen that. Yeah, it, it builds up like some of the stuff from like Halloween two, where it's like his sister, like you know, yeah, Laurie is his sister, um, which is not in the theatrical version. And I don't interesting, know. yeah. So I watched Friday the Thirteenth. I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I watched Halloween two um so yeah i'm getting into the parts three of both of those franchises and i think it's not until like i think i've still got like a sequel mm-hmm. i think i've got parts three and four and then finally nightmare on elm street came out in 84 so there's several halloweens and fridays before there's a nightmare side note um, there's a netflix series called like uh the movies that made us or something yeah um there's also like they've got like a, a few different seasons of the show. There's like it's like the toys that made us the cartoons or something that made us or something like that. I've seen a couple of those. Yeah. Uh, but they've got the movie. The, the movie one came out, I think, a year or two ago. And they do. They have an episode on Halloween and an episode on Friday the 13th. OK, cool. And I. I think they're worth watching. Uh, yeah, just like this is like 45 minutes, but they got yeah, really they've got watched... good interviews from the people who made that stuff. I, I watched some of the ones about the toys. Um, yeah and those are surprisingly interesting the the two the two those two episodes the movie ones are really interesting just because you get a peek a very very good peek i think for a show like that uh into like how those movies are made and they're basically made by like just a bunch of like misfits and stuff which is very fun uh just like you got like a bunch of like film students and just random people who are coming together to make a movie um, yeah which is fun yeah there is a very kind of all hands on deck sort of feel to the early slashers and i don't know but it'll be interesting to kind of watch them as they as they age as the franchises age and maybe get a little stale uh other than that i got two uh okay. so i watched body snatchers from 1993 which is abel ferrera and uh hmm. that movie is really good but the ending is not good oh, so okay. like uh i actually i would recommend you see it just for the filmmaking okay and there is some genuinely good creeps and stuff in it but like it's I like not a some. Great film. I like some Abel Ferreira, so I would. Yeah, no, watch I think that. he's. I think he's a really good director. Have you seen Miss Forty Five? Yes, that's that's, that's a, his best movie. That's a rough. That's a rough one. Yeah, King of New York is really good, but Miss Forty Five is excellent. Yeah. Um, um, and then the other one that I've watched that was off of the franchise was Demonoid, which is a Mexican uh, horror film from I guess from the eighties. Probably it looked like it was from the eighties about. Uh, demonic uh, basically a demon possessed hand uh that bounces from person to person and uh it's pretty bonkers but it's i really enjoyed it it's it's like a you know uh crazy it's not like a good movie that's gonna make you think about anything but it's really it's fun to watch (laughs) okay i'll check that Uh, one out they they actually they talked about it on the do you listen to the tarantino uh podcast the uh no i need to though i know i need to so they talked about demonoid on that and that's kind of what sold me it was good didn't let me down but anyways that's my shocktober so far 
Cool. Well, uh, we should we should do an update on the next episode. Yeah, for sure. That'd be that'd be a good uh, some good continuity, some good Shocktober continuity. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let me do my little outro. Um, okay. Well, slow motion triple feature was recorded in our house in the woods, which is basically just some planks, some doors made of paper, and terry cloth to keep the snakes out. Special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth, who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com. Thank you.